It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. That's the order of the 49ers quarterback depth chart. What happened with Trey Lance and what's next? We're breaking that down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who would never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joe, I am weeping softly after we are done with this show and in a puddle on the floor because we've had Miles Jack and now Corey Davis retire from the NFL in like a four-day span. We, I, you know, we kind of looked over the Miles Jack thing. You and I talked about Corey Davis like offline, but we never really had a conversation about Miles Jack. He said uh, it's a young man's game. Like Vontae oh, Davis. Little Vontae Davis. Little Vontae <laughs> Davis action there. Young man game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least he didn't do it in the middle of a game. You know what I mean? Right. And Miles signed in, in Philadelphia in two weeks into camp. That was it. Man. But I think back to like baby infant draft analyst Kyle. And you could not have found guys that I was going to pound the table harder for <laughs> in those early formative years than Miles Jacket linebacker and Corey Davis at wide receiver. Well, there's probably some folks out there that pounded the table pretty hard for Mr. Trey Lance. Wow. He's done it. The Segway King has done it again. <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about here on the podcast, because this is a completely unprecedented conversation to have. This situation is crazy. And so today we're going to talk about what happened with Trey Lance in San Francisco. Of course, we got to get into who could potentially trade for him and then I want to have a conversation with Kyle about this style of quarterback in this Shanahan offense and why we don't really see it happen and why it could be a really cool thing. So plenty to get into here today. But Kyle, you may have heard about this, and I know that uh, the Miami Dolphins were were right there in this trade. Great football team. Acri- acquired three first-round picks and a third-rounder. So the San Francisco 49ers can move up in draft Trey Lance and fast forward not even three years and Trey Lance has been passed on the depth chart by Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold and you know what Kyle 
if he's QB three, he can't be the most popular guy in town. They got to get this guy out of there. And so I'm very much expecting some type of a trade, but Mm -hmm. I think we just have to start off by acknowledging that this situation is crazy. Yeah. And you think of what like San Francisco's team success in spite of it too, right? They, they have transcended. If you were to put three first round picks, a day three pick, and one of those first round picks being the third overall draft selection on a quarterback in the lexicon of unrealized potential in the history of the NFL draft, it's right up there, right? And that's not to say that the book is closed on Trey Lance and Trey, like Trey Lance is a young guy. He's going to have an opportunity to go somewhere else and realize that potential. But for what San Francisco invested to get here, the fact that they have played in what two conference championship games with Trey Lance yep. on the roster and he's not that's been right. the guy in either one. Like it, it's that's incredible. Right. It's incredible. It's a testament to the job that they have done with the rest of it and the coaching staff that they had, but they should not be absolved from this missed opportunity and this missed investment or this misjudgment, I think is probably the best way to put it. Because I think at the end of the day, you boil down who Trey Lance was as a player. Mm-hmm versus where San Francisco was in their team building and life cycle. And moving forward, I'm going to be super leery. If I'm a team that wants to push my chips in and thinks I can compete and is a contender or looking to extend a win now window, you better have the perfect storm and the perfect fit of style of play versus what that team wants to do. Because at the end of the day, Trey Lance needed to grow and play and experience and make mistakes and fail forward, as the saying goes. And San Francisco, with where they're at in their team building life cycle, was not in a position to afford that to him. I think that's the biggest crux of where the fork in the road happened. Yeah, I mean, this this should go down as one of the worst trades in the history of the NFL. But... Like you mentioned, they've played in two consecutive NFC Championship games with this man on the roster. And I think you make a fair point about just aligning yourself with the right players. But I think this was their effort to elevate that position where they had played in the Super Bowl two years prior to making this trade for Trey Lance and realizing maybe some of the limitations that Jimmy Garoppolo had and that this could be the X factor that they need to be even more dynamic offensively. But yes, Kyle, I mean, it was a roll of the dice and a major roll of the dice for yes, a very toolsy quarterback, but one that was a one year starter at North Dakota state. And one thing that both of us wanted to bring up in this podcast was a tweet from Sam Monson of PFF that I think really encapsulates the rawness that is Trey Lance. And this is what Sam tweeted out. He said, Trey Lance and Dorian Thompson Robinson. There you go. Nailed it. DTR were in the same recruiting (laughs) class. And since that point, DTR has attempted 1,414 passes, including this preseason. Lance has attempted just 492 total. That includes college, NFL regular season, NFL preseason. You're asking this guy to come in and take over as your franchise quarterback for a Super Bowl contender, and he just wasn't ever ready to do that. 
which in hindsight, I think the carrot or the allure or the siren of what it could look like was probably prioritized over kind of the core principles of who we are and if this player fits it. So if you're going to, if you're going to romanticize what the next version of your offense is, the guy should probably be able to do what you're already asking your offense to do. Yeah. Now we're, we'll get into that in segment three in this show with the conflicts of Trey as a player and what he was at North Dakota state versus the Kyle Shanahan offense in general. But that that's a really tough lesson to learn at the cost of three first round picks. Well, and, and what's so interesting about the situation, we've acknowledged this is one of the worst trades in the history of the NFL, but this is also the second time that Kyle Shanahan has went all in on a quarterback, right? Jimmy G traded for and paid this man, and they replaced him with this next guy. And so part of the challenge with San Francisco and why they're not being, I think, criticized more harshly for flopping on this trade is because they have had the success that they've had. And Brock Purdy exists, right? And Brock Purdy came in and was was very good for them down the stretch last year. And he comes in as the assumed guy that's going to continue that level of play. And I think that's a bit of a wild card, right? I mean, I'm not denying or taking anything away from what Brock Purdy showcased to us last year. But what are we pointing to that gives us any foundation to reasonably think that this is their long-term answer for the position? He very well might be. But I still, I mean, there's, you're still counting on a lot, right? Not only a, a low tools quarterback that was picked late, but one coming off of a, a throwing elbow injury. I mean, I think there's enough to be concerned about there. And it feels like they got, he has to, he has to be their long-term answer. I mean, because once again, this is them making a transition and a calculated choice at quarterback. And can they be wrong a third time? Probably. No. If you keep, if you win 42 games in, four years and playing three NFC championship games, you're going to have a lot of leeway no matter what the quarterback situation is. Now, if they, I think with where the team is at and you're, you're seeing the Nick Bosa contract negotiations playing out, right. And then where this team is at from that perspective, um, you're probably not going to be in a position to go all out. I think they'll probably be very apt to, have a former high draft pick who has underperformed in other places like Sam Darnold to come in and rely on him to kind of try to work within your system. Although I don't think that's necessarily an alignment of what Sam has done well versus what the offense asks you to do as well. But then you got Brock Purdy for the next several seasons on short-term contract on a rookie contract that with what the rest of the roster looks like. Yeah, this is the guy for a bit. He's going to have to be because it's how San Francisco continues to maximize their their winning window. Kyle, 14 months ago, Kyle Shanahan said, we've moved on to Trey Lance, and 14 months later, they're going to move on from Trey Lance. So we're going to talk about the potential suitors here in just a moment. But first, let's talk about game time. Buying tickets to your favorite sporting events should not be stressful, but you know what? Sometimes it is. Thank God for game time. It is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, and comedy and theater near you. And they've got killer deals on last-minute tickets. They have a best price guaranteed. And so you can stop stressing over getting the tickets and start getting excited for the fun you'll have. The Game Time app, it's awesome. They have flash deals, last-minute tickets, 
They give you an image of seat view so you know what to expect when you get to the venue. The app is super easy to navigate. It is outstanding. They also they also send those tickets right to your phone so you don't have to dig through email. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So suitors is where we're focusing. Now, what's next for Trey Lance? And it sounds like there's a pretty decent chance that, that something happens here and that Trey is he can't stay on the team right he can't I mean he could he's the QB3 Joe they did the exact same thing do you remember the Jimmy Garoppolo thing 12 months ago where can this be a distraction for this long there's no way Jimmy stays on with how they've they've handled him and he's not working out with the team and then guess what Jimmy stayed with the team and Jimmy started like 11 games you're a 13-win team that played in the last two NFC Championship game, and the third quarterback on the depth chart is going to continue to be the biggest storyline for your organization. they got to get him out of there. I agree it would behoove them to transition away. I'm just saying we just got done last year saying there's no way quarterback X stays on the team with how this situation has unfolded because it's going to be a distraction. Well, and that's I think that's they the f- did it. It's a fascinating part of this entire conversation. It's something you and I have discussed a ton. Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks get hurt all the time. All the time. They never play all the games. And you're going into a season with Brock Purdy, who's coming off of a UCL injury. Sam Darnold, who's been hurt quite a bit in his career. And then, oh yeah, there's Trey Lance. So, I I would agree. I, th- I think it would make sense from all sides to move on. I'm not saying it's it's there's no way that it they don't stay together this season, but it would benefit everybody to transition and move on. So few teams. Yeah. Well, it feels like the most common team that you see floated around is the Minnesota Vikings who Kirk cousins in a contract year. Um, I guess they had some interest in Trey Lance during that draft cycle. Um, And there's a lot of just pointing to Minnesota as the team. I don't, I, I, I can see it happening, but there's a part of me that I don't know. I'm not super convinced there. And I mean, you would trade for Trey Lance and you might have a quarterback in the future, but I feel like Kirk Cousins is kind of their guy. Like, and I sort of expect him to be extended. Hmm. And if that's your plan, you're not trading for Trey Lance. I would be inclined to agree with you. Um, I don't know. They're, they're kind of in this weird situation where they're in the midst of a youth movement, if you will. Sure. So is, I, I think, Competition for the young guys on that roster. They they drafted Jaron Hall, who I like, but Jaron Hall and Trey Lance and who's the other one? Is it Nick Mullins? Is the other one there? Yeah, yeah. 
well, let's get some healthy competition for the backup spot. I, I think it certainly couldn't help and provide you an evaluation opportunity. And what's the cost, right? Nobody sent in a one or a two or a three. Like, no, no, you like might have to give something for yeah. them to take on trade right. for the for the finances of the of the rookie contract. So, yeah. is it worth a roll of the dice for an evaluation opportunity to give yourself the flexibility from paying Kirk Cousins forty five million dollars a year next year to continue to be your quarterback as a guy who's in his mid thirties? Like maybe. Like for as much of a youth movement as they've had, and I they certainly have had that. Don't they still have enough on that roster that makes you feel like you have to have a better plan than Trey Lance to take over as as a quarterback with Justin Jefferson and the talent they have on that offensive line and guys like Daniel Hunter, TJ Hawkinson's gonna get a big deal. Like there's it's not this it's not a, a, a total teardown. I, I agree with you. I'm just saying it, it's it would be appealing to me to bring that in, depending on the cost. Yeah, to have an evaluation opportunity to give myself flexibility with the quarterback position, because you do have to pay Justin Jefferson, right? Like that's so going to be expensive. That that'll be a big. Contract. And Hawk wants a record-setting deal for tight ends. Hawk wants a record-setting deal. You got Christian Darrisaw, who's turned into a really good player, who's yeah. going to be coming up as a contract extension as well. Makes sense that you don't want to commit to Dalvin Cook for $11 million a year at this stage in yeah. his career. So, like, that one makes sense. You're probably going to have to spend big on a corner for Flo's defense next year and all in the offseason if you can find one. Yeah. So, I just think from a team building perspective, where they're a team that's kind of openly acknowledged with their actions, we're team in transition a little bit. Yeah. To have a young player, I, I think, makes a ton of sense. Now, I am a little worried. If all of the hangups that prevented Trey from playing in San Francisco from an execution standpoint were hangups, is it any better right. for Kevin O'Connell? Or are you going to say, well, if we're going to bring Trey in, we see enough that we think he can continue to grow. He'll sit behind Kirk this year and then we'll let him play through it. Yeah. I think you have to calibrate your expectations. If you trade for Trey Lance, this is no longer number three overall pick Trey Lance, right? This is a guy that hasn't been able to beat out Sam Darnold and Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a Josh a, Rosen. It's a Josh Rosen situation. Right, right. That It's not the perfect, perfect yeah. way to put it. Perfect way to put it. Uh, Kyle, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are starting Baker Mayfield, that quarterback, the third team in as many years that Baker Mayfield's been the opening day starting quarterback for. They got to be part of this conversation. That That's the one that I think I'm most intrigued when, when you consider the strength of the skill players that they have. What Trey was at North Dakota State? What style of offense they have played? That's the spot. That's the offense that I think. I find the most appeal projecting Trey Lance into it's not these West coast offense timing, passing game mm -hmm. groups. It's we're going to run deep set concepts. You're going to get to the top of your drop. We're looking to push the ball down the field. If you need to buy time, you can buy time, get off script, be an athlete. And if you get man coverage, you can tear them up. We can put the quarterback run game back in. For Trey Lance, that was obviously a huge component of what he did as a player at North Dakota State. 
I think that's the passing game one for one of what we know he's best at based off the small sample size that we have. Mm-hmm. It's much more of a Tampa Bay type of offense. Yeah. And these West Coast offenses. Uh, how about Bill O'Brien and his experience with Deshaun Watson and the idea of Trey Lance going to New England where they feel very lukewarm on Mac Jones? Um, very noncommittal. Right. Very noncommittal. And you're, you're, I mean, if you're New England, let's be honest, like you're looking up at the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills right now in the AFC East. The AFC in general is a nightmare for you. Something dynamic at quarterback to a roll of the dice that you have all the cap space in the well, world. And and when they first transitioned from Tom, the type of quarterback that they got Damn, was yeah. a quarterback that had the athletic dynamic component to his game. Yeah. It's interesting. So those are like the top three teams in my mind, but I, it, Vikings, Bucks, Patriots. I mean, do you have a, have like a courtesy shout out to like Atlanta and Washington, but probably not. What about the Raiders? I know Aiden O'Connell's looking insanely good in the preseason. Right. You know, does that move you off of, off of that? Aiden O'Connell wouldn't prevent me from giving myself more ammunition at the quarterback position to have options. Um, I think, I don't know about putting him back in the same room with Jimmy Garoppolo all over again, but if you're the Raiders, I mean, you need stuff. You know what I mean? Like that seems like a, a calculated roll of the dice that who cares if it doesn't work out and it'd be awesome if it yeah. did. I agree. So I don't know. Like that, are those, those are the six teams, I guess that Vikings, Bucks, Patriots, Raiders, Commanders, Falcons. Who would have thought after all of this, the two most stable quarterbacks from the 2021 NFL draft class would be Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Yeah. Jeez, Kyle. <laughs> Spike the ball, baby. Let's go. Well, I, man, After is that all of that? Okay. That's going to feed really well into our next segment yeah. because the idea of these athletic quarterbacks in a Shanahan offense, they had the chance at Fields. They didn't pick them. We're going to get into all that type of stuff here after a very quick break. Stick with us. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So where do you want to go? I, so I, wanna, wanna, I want to start you... by asking you a question. All okay. right. I figured um, you would. And, and Justin Fields, I think, is, is a perfect name to invoke because they could have picked Justin Fields. They didn't. Mm-hmm. But the, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what it looks like if they did, right? We don't know. I almost feel like in hindsight, if they were going to pick an uber athletic dynamic player at the position, I can almost get why they would justify Trey Lance versus Justin Fields because of the reps. Mm-hmm. If you have reduced reps, it's mm-hmm. easier to retrain your brain versus Ohio State Justin Fields was a lot of sight reads, 
a lot of long developing routes that you need to read at the top of the drop and quick trigger. Like it was kind of, he had more reps of being the kind of player that San Francisco knew wasn't the kind of guy that they wanted. So I think that's really interesting to look at it with the benefit of hindsight versus like, look, Justin Fields takes sacks at a rate that is astronomically high because he is a player that wants to create and play off script. But I don't think he's the most anticipatory thrower at the NFL level yet because being an anticipatory thrower at Ohio State with the kinds of routes that that offense frequently invokes is not the same as what it has to be in the NFL. So the question is this idea of a dual threat, high tools quarterback in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Mm -hmm. We've, we saw them kind of go after it with Trey Lance. There was certainly that little sample size that we saw with RG three in Washington, but for the most part, we are not seeing dual threat toolsy quarterbacks have success in this offense. You're seeing less toolsy, less dynamic athletes being successful, whether that's Brock Purdy or CJ Beathard or Nick Mullins or Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins, Tua, Jared Goff, Jimmy G. Like, why do we keep coming back to these quarterbacks? And for what Shanahan envisioned for this to be, Sounds pretty exciting, not working out. So I, I think the the quarterback that they went for, uh, the other quarterback that we did went for that we haven't acknowledged was Matthew Stafford, right? Mm-hmm. They went for it. They got beat out by McVay and the Rams because Sean caught him in Cabo or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how that works as, as far as – not I bet me. you do have questions about that. I've got big time questions how my team <laughs> lost a first and a third round pick over flirting with players mm. for other teams. And Sean McVay goes out to dinner with Stafford and Cabo and everybody throws him a parade for it. But mm. that's not it's a, a good, it's a good question. It's a good I'm just question. saying, I'm just yeah. saying anyway, anyway, I think a lot of the guys that execute the Shanahan offense, which is rooted in timing and anticipation, right? If you're a big time arm, and you're coming up through as, as a player, and you have a big-time arm, do you have to have anticipation? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Do you have to feel it before it happens? Or do yeah. you just say, I'm just going to hammer it in there, and they're not going to stop it? The more the more throwing power you have, the less anticipation is required. That, that's you need. Yes. Exactly right. So I think you see all of these guys that are low-ceiling tools, physical tools quarterbacks, are the kinds that operate this system because they're the kinds that have had to play the game that way to reach the level that they had. Because if you're Brock Purdy or Tua or Jimmy Garoppolo to a certain degree, like you don't have the pop to make it happen. So you have to be able to throw to spots and holes in coverage and read that nickel defender or that safety and understand where he's leaning and see where the line is. Like you got to have a wider vision cone to see multiple pieces of the defense moving simultaneously and understand where you have to put the ball. So I think what makes Matthew Stafford Mm. the player that had the booming success Mm -hmm. is because he played in the league for 10 years as a guy who came in with a big time arm. But when you get to a vet status at that stage, Mm -hmm. you have the cone now. 
you have the, the, the vision to see it and feel it and have anticipation. So I think that probably is at the core of, for me, why a lot of the young guys, they didn't get to where they are because they have anticipation. They got to where they are because they can throw big skin a quarter mile, like uncle Rico from mm -hmm. uh, Napoleon dynamite. Yeah. And they run four fives and they can do whatever they, at the high school level, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> so I think that's kind of the, the story of why when these young guys are coming in and, and having success in this offense, they've had to play the game to reach this level in the way in which this offense is required to, to, to play. So what do you think Shanahan saw when he decided to pull the trigger on Trey Lance? I mean, he's keenly aware of everything you just said. And I thought you put that on the table really well and offered great insight. And it makes perfect sense to me mm -hmm. yet. He gave up all of this for a player that doesn't necessarily well, have that. Do you remember the conversation that we had with the players that they took in that draft class in its entirety? They take Trey Lance. They draft Aaron Banks. They take Trey Sermon in the third round. They I'm take sorry, Elijah man. Mitchell in the sixth round. Yeah. And I remember you and me sitting here. And it's like, man, they got a lot of downhill players. Yeah. For a team that runs wide zone. Yeah. They got a lot of downhill players. So uh, I think the argument was built that we're going to evolve the run game and Trey mm -hmm. Lance as the elements who is athletic mm -hmm. enough to get the edge, but we want to be able to pound you downhill because that's what he did at North Dakota state. They pounded the rock with Trey Lance. Like he ran downhill on guys. This wasn't just a guy who would run around in the backfield for eight seconds and then throw the ball and make something happen. Like they ran QB power. Mm -hmm. They line up with four tight ends in the game and two fullbacks and run the ball with Trey Lance. So I think that was, the selling point was well at our identity. We are a rushing offense. We can add new components to the rushing offense. But the last thing Trey was, was a high level anticipation pinpoint accuracy quarterback in the shorter and intermediate areas of the field. He threw beautiful nine balls. He had a big time arm and they play action passed off it. And he took shot plays down the field. It's, it's not, it's not what San Francisco's ever been. So I think that's that that is again where that fork in the road happens is how Trey Lance saw the field versus what San Francisco requires of you to run the bones of the offense before you can evolve it. It never got there. I don't want to open up a whole another can of worms here, but I will say this. We consider Matt LaFleur a Kyle Shanahan disciple, right? He's yes. part of that tree. Really interesting because as you've been going through this, I've been thinking to myself, well, like who are these anticipatory throwers that also have big arms and can run? And like, there's not that, that's not a long list. I mean, is anybody on that list? Mahomes? 12, winning two MVPs with LaFleur. Right. right. That, right. Precisely. Right. So I say all that to say. Winning a Super Bowl. The best thing for Jordan Love might have been this amount of time to incubate because that he's a visual thrower, right? I mean, that's the thing with, with Jordan love. Now he's had that time without to get, pressure, right. To mature. And I think we're going to get him at his, at his best right now, as opposed to like some guys that make sense to fail forward, maybe yeah. not so much in that system. Yeah. I think that's a great follow-up for a guy who was given the proper incubation without the attention of Trey Lance, because he went 26th in the first round as compared mm -hmm. to, and they gave up a fourth round pick to trade up Nothing, and get him instead right. of three first round picks and a third round pick. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there you go. Good talk, man. The Trey Lance saga will continue to unfold. Uh, mate, call your shot. Where's he go? New England. I think there's enough with Minnesota. I'll go with Minnesota. Uh, you know, one thing we forgot to do, and I hope people are still listening at the end. Tomorrow is takes on takes. Oh, yeah. Yep. So we need your takes. Need your takes. Comment, Put them YouTube comments, please. You can find us on YouTube wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We appreciate you guys for checking out the show. We hope you enjoyed this discussion on Trey Lance. Kind of a nice merger for the NFL, the upcoming NFL season, team building the NFL draft, player evaluate. Like, you got the whole gauntlet today on the show. So we hope you guys enjoyed it. Make it a great rest of your Thursday. We will be back again tomorrow with one more episode this week before week three of the NFL preseason. We hope to see you then. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.